Hi, welcome to the Why and the What Product Management Podcast. I'm Daniel Kahn, and today we're speaking with Tanner Elvidge, a product manager with WordStream. Tanner got into product management directly out of school with uh, Northeastern, where he participated in the co-op program, which really helped him get set up for the world of product management, and then moved into an APM program with WordStream before moving into the full-on PM position. So we got to chat about what that journey looked like um, going into product management directly from school and what it's like for Tanner working as a product manager today. Hey, Tanner, welcome. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Daniel. Excited to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, So excited to get into it with you. Um, You are somebody who's come into product management with a little bit of a different path than uh, some of the other people that I've been speaking with. Um, you came into it uh, directly out of school. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey, maybe even uh, starting back when you were still at Northeastern? What were the kinds of things that you were doing to uh, prepare yourself for product management? Or maybe we could even start a little bit earlier than that. Um, When did you first come to start thinking about product management as a um, a direction for yourself? And uh, what were you doing back in your northeastern days to uh, prepare yourself for it? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I actually didn't know about product management pretty much right up until a semester or two before graduation. So a lot of kind of what I was doing through university uh, really was uh, not intentionally geared to get me to product management, um, but definitely were experiences that kind of uh, allowed me to kind of get there from a pretty solid footing. Um, so I originally went to Northeastern as um, a business major. And so I had concentrations in finance and entrepreneurship. Um, and what's interesting about Northeastern that I think really set me up well is they have kind of this experiential learning model where um, built into the curriculum are ways to um, go beyond just academics. They really push for having real world experiences that kind of complement the learnings. Um, so they have what they call a co-op program, which is uh, a series of six month full-time placements. Um, that's sort of like an internship on steroids. Um, you're pretty much doing like full-time person responsibilities um, for kind of a temporary period of time. Um, so I started as kind of a starry-eyed uh, finance major, you know, and like any good finance major, I was interested in public markets and um, did my first co-op at a hedge fund, actually, um, in Boston. Um, oh, yeah. Who are you with there? A company called uh, Grantham Mayo Van Otterloo. Um, yeah, headed by Jeremy Grantham, who is a pretty big name in the uh, public investing space. Um, and, you know, being pretty early in my... Um, college career, it was pretty much just doing reconciliations, kind of fund management, making sure that transactions were going through. Um, a lot of accounting, not super interesting, pretty dry, <laughs> pretty boring. <laughs> um, so I learned pretty quickly that um, I wasn't super interested in public markets. I, f- I felt like, you know, with talking with a lot of the traders and the analysts on the floor that, you know, really a lot of what you were doing was just... Um, making numbers out of other numbers, right? You're just capturing the value that was being created. 
And so I wanted to kind of get more into uh, an actionable role. So in my, you know, so with that, in my next co-op, um, I didn't really know what I was looking for, where I wanted to be going. Um, but I knew that, you know, the analytical part of GMO and the finance world was really interesting. Um, being a business major, um, consulting is obviously something that is sold pretty highly. It's kind of like some of the best outcomes for business students. Um, and uh, the Boston Consulting Group, BCG, had uh, a really great pro- co-op program in Boston. Um, I think there were probably 30 or so students um, from my class that ended up um, going to BCG um, on any given kind of co-op cycle. And so I was able to kind of get an analyst position there. Um, and that was, I mean, awesome, like really, really interesting, um, using a lot of big data sets, trying to understand, um, for the partners, you know, really what are the areas of opportunity for this business unit that we're in? How are we helping clients? Um, what geographies and areas are we penetrating really well? Where, what are our best customers? What does that repeat engagement look like? Um, those are all questions that I was kind of tasked with answering and just given the tools to go and access BCG's database to try and pull from. Um, so you can start to see that, you know, now in hindsight, um, those are very similar questions that a, that a PM might get um, and trying to dive into to some of that data just to figure out, you know, what can we do as a business to be successful and what are we doing for our customers that make them successful with us? And what do those engagements look like? And um you then went on and you were doing some things um, at Northeastern itself outside of the uh, the co-op program. I think you were involved in some extracurriculars that sort of helped prepare you in this direction as well. Yeah, definitely. So um, on campus, I was really heavily involved in kind of the entrepreneur side of my major. Um, so Northeastern has these really interesting programs Um that are specifically meant for fostering entrepreneurship within the Northeastern community. Um, so I was a part of IDEA, which is uh, Northeastern University's Venture Accelerator. And it's really student-led. Uh, the goal is to help anyone in the Northeastern uh, ecosystem, be it you know, students, faculty, alumni, um, that has anything starting from an idea, um, a concept that they want to see into a company, uh, allows them to walk through the door and kind of get mentorship and guidance in a really quick and iterative way um, to actually get them out to be kind of, you know, pre-seed, uh, bigger accelerator or self-sustaining as kind of the end goal. So um, I was involved with that pretty much my entire college career on both um, the funding side. So we had a nice um, fund that we actually were able to uh, kind of invest in these ventures that came through the door. Um, and later, more on the venture coaching side, where I would actually get paired with uh, ventures kind of in the early stages and help walk them through uh, getting to a business model, getting feedback from potential customers, understanding the market a little bit, and helping them craft a solution that kind of enabled them to really bring that business to the next level. It's extremely cool what kinds of opportunities exist during undergrad that are sometimes just a little bit harder to latch onto once you're outside of that world. But the, the things that are student led initiatives with the advisory services and uh, budget that comes up, it's a incredible experience. I was fortunate to be able to 
participated in a few things myself. <laughs> I think we're talking a little bit farther back in time for for me than for you, but it's um, really excellent that you were able to dive in and take advantage of taking on a leadership role and participating in, in that initiative over the uh, the course of your time with with Northeastern. What was the uh, the decision making process that uh, moved you towards pursuing product uh, management programs or APM programs? rather than um, going towards that that strict uh, consulting position? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And it actually, uh, there are kind of a series of serendipitous events that uh, led me to getting introduced uh, to a group of VC investors actually in Boston who were starting up a new fund um, and they were looking to um, bring on you know, someone uh, younger just to help um, both on the deal flow side and also from just kind of an operations and trying to figure out, you know, how do we run this company and keep everyone <laughs> in check? Um, and so I, I had the opportunity to go and join the team at Underscore VC. Um, and I was able to actually carve out a third co-op position. So it delayed my graduation a little bit, but it was definitely the right move. Um, it was just, just transformational time where I met um, you know, tens, if not hundreds of entrepreneurs in the, in the Boston ecosystem, um, and really got to see firsthand these, you know, partners who had built firms themselves, who are now investing in them. And it really lended a lot of perspective to me to, to really fully just fall in love with, uh, the kind of startup world, um, and tech in particular. And I really felt like, you know, I mentioned way back at, at GMO that, um, I felt like, the public markets were making numbers out of numbers and they were just capturing value. And to me, the, the biggest thing that I can do with my career right now is to just try and create that value myself. And so that really pushed me towards getting into startups and getting in at the early stage to help grow something uh, meaningful. And so you graduated um, a few years ago now, but uh, not so far in the past. I think it was uh, 2016 is... Uh when you actually finished up the the program there and then the the first role you were in after that was uh with wordstream did you start there directly as a product manager or was there some sort of associate pm program that you went through when you were with wordstream yeah so i went directly into wordstream um they i did sign on as an associate pm um i wouldn't quite <laughs> wouldn't quite say there was a program um i was the first one to kind of have that title and role within, um, within WordStream. But I think it was uh, a really good fit. Um, so what I was looking for at the time was, um, you know, a company that was um, still a startup, but large enough to have a bit of an experienced product team that I could learn from. Um, what I really wanted, because I didn't, again, I didn't really know about product management as a career opportunity until very close to graduation. So I felt like I didn't really have a lot of background and knowledge and training. Um, so I really wanted to look for a team, a pre-existing team that I could go and learn from and kind of augment um, myself so I can really you know, learn quickly and rapidly and, and grow in ownership. Um, so WordStream worked out really well. They had a product team of when I joined, I think, five people or so. And um, I was placed directly under the director of product um, to really kind of learn and jump into that team. So you joined WordStream when they already had a number of 
different product managers or formal product people there. But like you said, you were the first uh, associate PM. But fortunately, it sounds like they had a fair amount of uh, experience that they could lend you, certainly putting you directly under somebody senior on the team was um, a, a great place to start. What was the the actual onboarding and training process like as somebody who was coming right out of school and being thrown into the world of product like there? Yeah, um, I think it was a lot of originally learning by observation. Um, so I was a complete shadow to the director for my first um better part of a month or so, really attending every single meeting, stand up, um, call, you know, uh, all that stuff to just sort of learn by osmosis, <laughs> like understand what was what was happening, what her day was like, um, the questions that she was facing, the problems that she was hearing, um, and also just understanding, you know, a lot of kind of the schedule and the day-to-day um, because it's not always clear and <laughs> as a PM, like, what your specific tasks are. There are very few kind of admin tasks that you have to do. So um, really just following her around was super helpful. I think another thing that helped me a lot um, that I was able to do in that first month was, you know, sit down with um, all of the senior executives in the company to really understand uh, both, you know, what the product vision was, but also what the vision for the company was and understand better you know, where we sat in the marketplace, what we were trying to achieve, um, who our customers really were, and try to get a lot of that high level, which kind of helps you augment all of those, you know, kind of minute decisions that go all the way down into your your day to day. And if you were to sort of channel the uh, the advice that you were getting from that senior leader um, in product as you were coming into the program, what kind of ad- advice were you given upfront about how to think about product, how to organize yourself when you were going to move outside of that uh, APM program into actually owning your day and stop being a shadow and uh, actually taking the the work on yourself. What advice were you given around um, your sort of self-organization as a, a product manager? <laughs> uh, yeah, <clears throat> that's a good question. I think... Um... Uh, a lot of it at the beginning was really just around making sure, you know, the understanding that you are the product owner, right? Ultimately, uh, the decisions that you make and that others kind of make uh, around you are going to fall on you um, as the PM, right? If the product goes out and it's great, uh, the engineers are going to get credit and praise and everyone's going to be happy. Uh, if it goes out and it's not good <laughs> and there are problems, uh, you're the one that's kind of on the fire. And so really uh, instilling that sense of ownership, I think, forces, forced me to really go and make sure that, you know, hey, what input should I be getting for all of these questions and decisions? Like, um, am I really thinking wholeheartedly about the customer and... Uh, putting them first in all of my decisions? And do I really understand the problem before trying to make any sort of, uh, you know, reactionary decisions or direction setting? Um, I think that was a big one. Um, A second one was um, understanding the, just how to communicate. Um, There's so much that goes into product. Um, like when you first start learning it, uh, there's this huge learning curve, at least for me being uh, not necessarily technical, um, that 
just understanding, you know, how do I talk to engineers? How do I communicate, um, you know, the requirements to them? And how do I understand what they're telling me back? Um, that when you first go in and launch a feature and kind of work through a smaller project, uh, you're so focused on getting the product out the door. Um, I fell into that trap. I've actually seen other uh, people that we've hired on since me um, fall into that trap as well. Um, and so there's a lot that goes into just being able to understand, you know, think up a level, think, how are we going to release this? How should we be communicating it? Um, you know, how would you talk to this if you were on a phone with a customer? Like, what would you tell them the value is for them? What would you tell a salesperson? How would you help them sell it? How would you tell a customer success um, in their day-to-day supporting clients? Like, this is how it works. Um, really trying to put yourself in other people's shoes to understand the full context and picture around the product. That's just so much more than just the code that you're shipping. I think those were like really two of the biggest pieces of advice that I remember right off the bat. Sounds, sounds like good advice. Um, what do you do uh, currently as a, a product manager to ensure that when you're thinking through these problems about how you might present things to the sales team or customer success or, or marketing that you are being accurate in your your thought process about what would make sense for them what kind of relationship do you maintain with these these other teams to ensure that you can really get into their head when you're thinking about product decisions yeah well i think uh, a key word that you you brought up there was the relationships and i think that's really where it does start um i've really worked to m- make a solid relationships on sales and customer success, um, you know, tech support, uh, marketing (laughs) to, to understand, you know, what are the day-to-day things that these people go for? Um, so specifically, (laughs) um, you know, sales, uh, one of the first things that I did was listen to a ton of demos, um, that were recorded so I could understand how they're pitching the product and talking through it. Um, I worked with customer success reps to shadow a lot of their calls with customers um, just generally, you know, out of, out of any given day, I think our reps have probably eight to 10 calls. Um, and I just asked, Hey, can you just let me sit with you for a couple hours and dial in and kind of hear how these conversations are going? Um, that was really the start to a lot of that. And then just following up, asking questions and establishing those relationships was really helpful at the beginning um, to understand people's, kind of perspectives in their day-to-day. Um, I never, I try not to come in with answers, it's more come in with questions and <laughs> just to understand uh, where they're coming from as opposed to saying, hey, well, this is what you should be doing um, because it allows you to, again, just communicate more effectively uh, when you do have an answer or trying to, to get a feature out. Yeah, it's a good open approach to <laughs> certainly, certainly come into it with that perspective. Um, moving a little bit more towards, uh, modern day, um, what does a, a typical day look like for you these days? Who do you find yourself, uh, working with most? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, now, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years, um, you know, I'm a product manager, have my own, uh, kind of dev team. Um, so I definitely am working the most with, you know, the engineers on a, on a daily basis, um. And, uh, whether that be through, you know, standups, um, which happen every day to, um, you know, just one-off questions and research and, um, other analysis projects, 
Uh, I also work really closely with uh, my UX designer um, on a on a daily basis as well to talk through um, different concepts, go through a lot of we're, we're very iterative in kind of how we design and approach things. Um, so on any given day, <laughs> he'll probably send, you know, almost 10 different design iterations and uh, we'll kind of talk through the pros and cons of each and continue iterating on that. Um, and I regularly, you know, work with our product marketing team as well. Um, I've, I've actually found that it's really helpful to have our product marketing team come to our standups on a, at least a couple of days a week um, just to keep uh, people in the loop and kind of held accountable to things as well, shared deadlines and things like that. Um, and I actually run um, a cross-functional team, which um, is kind of a standing uh, standing meeting where uh, it's a team of representative of the whole organization. So my engineers come and my designer, of course, um, and I have uh, representation from sales, customer success, marketing, product marketing, um, and we just come in to brainstorm and go through different concepts um, pretty regularly. Uh, that forum is usually us asking questions and their expertise in dealing with customer problems and going through concepts. Um, and sometimes it's also them saying, hey, you know, this has really come up. This is a problem. I think you really need to, you know, reassess um, how critical, you know, this piece of feedback is and bake that into your roadmap faster than you might have been thinking. That sort of special teams cross-functional um, group is very cool idea. What kind of um, outcomes or goals do you have um, with with that specific group? That's a good question. Um, so these this specific group has actually been specifically created to not necessarily have any goals outside, like that we're held accountable to from maybe a managerial perspective. Um, the goals are really for us in product and engineering and design to be getting the most input um, that we can be getting from, you know, internal sources and making sure that we're hearing different teams' opinions um, before releasing something. <laughs> and so it's, I think it's really meant to just be a, a knowledge sharing and kind of best practice updates. Um, the team's not held accountable for, uh, you know, disseminating what we showed to the larger org or anything like that, right? We still go through release notes and announcements and updates, um, and probably 80% of what we ask or show in that meeting never sees the light of day anyway. It's a very early kind of brainstorm ideation session. Um, they tend to be pretty fun. They're pretty creative. I think even with the um, the external accountability of, let's say, that you need to achieve some KPI goal and uh, show that movement of the needle to uh, management, the idea of having that that cross-functional team where you're, you're building bridges and uh, – building understanding across um i feel like silos is such a uh, <laughs> a negative term but still sort of comes up as a a concept mentally but really making sure that there is that shared understanding of the the ways that other teams approach things and successes and challenges and the um the approaches that you could borrow from other smart people who've thought through similar problems and problems that are directly related to um the product that you're already working on is is still an extremely valuable um, human resource internal development uh, process to be following. So commend you on uh, running that. I think that's a, a great process to be following. Um, Want to turn it back over to the 
the actual development process that you you follow there. You're working uh, directly with your engineers and your UX designer. Um, it sounds like you're following some sort of an agile process because you've referred to your uh, your daily stand up. Um, or what what's the uh, the process that your team follows for development? Yeah, I would say that it's um, it's a flavor of Agile. Um, I don't think anyone really follows Agile exactly to the book. I think most organizations tend to have their own flavors. Um, but yeah, you know, we we run on kind of an Agile sprint based schedule um, with daily standups. You know, we have uh, two week sprints, and we kind of look at you know do retrospectives on those sprints to understand you know, hey, what did we uh, accomplish? Did we accomplish as much as we wanted to? If not, why? What went wrong? What can we do better as a team? Um, And that keeps us consistent in just in terms of our planning and our approach. So we understand, you know, in the next probably two to four weeks, I have a really good idea uh, of exactly what's happening. And a month or two, it's sort of, I generally know the direction that we're going. Um, And then, you know, the beyond that is kind of up for interpretation. Is that uh, fog of time as the uh, the timeline gets a little <laughs> bit further out? I think yeah, true, true across anything. Um, so, Tanner, wanted to ask you: um, Do you have any resources that you'd recommend to other people in the product management space that have helped you out as as you've been uh, sort of growing as a product manager, or helped to enlighten the way that you think about process and product management? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. I <laughs> there there are a lot of things that you can um, kind of get from those perspectives. One thing that really helped me um, is a, a weekly newsletter from um, Product Manager HQ. Um, they send probably four or five articles on a weekly basis that are pretty helpful, right to your inbox. Um, another book that uh, I read that I I find to be really helpful on a just kind of a daily basis is called The One Thing. Um, and that, uh, is really good around just, uh, prioritizing your time and asking, you know, what's, what's the biggest, most impactful thing that I can be doing right now so that everything else is, uh, either unnecessary or easier. That's a good way to stay grounded and make sure that you're doing impactful things and not just putting out fires all of the time. So yeah, that sounds like a a good overall, overall concept. I'll, uh, I'll throw links up or at least a, uh, I'll throw links up to both of those resources in the um, the notes for the the episode, so we'll we'll have those in there available. Um, Tanner, really been great talking with you about your your journey coming directly out of a um, an undergrad program through to APM through to uh, product management. It sounds like extremely fast growth, and that the um, the co op program really set you up for a lot of success. So uh, kudos to northeastern for having that available and to you certainly for it sounds like taking full advantage of that and and more as you've sort of grown in your product management journey uh really appreciate really appreciate you um speaking today yeah i appreciate you taking the time thanks for having me thanks again to tanner for sharing his experience coming into product management directly out of undergrad with northeastern through an apm program at wordstream If you enjoyed this interview, learning about uh, product management from somebody who's directly in the space and want to have uh, more interviews like this available to you, please subscribe to the why and the what wherever you're listening. And we'll be back with another episode again soon.